Nuclear. Now is it crick or creek? Coyote or coyote? Sometimes I say library. Welcome to You're Saying It Wrong. I'm Fletcher Powell, and each episode we turn to the people who literally wrote the book on this, sister and brother team Kathy and Ross Petrus, and we'll dive into what we get wrong, and sometimes what we get right, when we try to speak this weird English language. Well, a couple weeks ago, we had a very intense competition pronouncing place names, and so I'm kind of relieved today because it's a bit less stressful because... I don't really think there are many or any wrong answers today, although some people might feel like there are. We're talking today uh, about what you call lexical geography, and so sort of differences in how we say words uh, by region. So people in New England might say something very different from what people here uh, where I am in the Midwest or the Great Plains, depending on what you, what you want to call where I am, uh, might, might say something. And the most obvious example is soda versus pop. You guys asked me, do I have a soda or do I have a pop? And around here, uh, you, you generally do say pop. And I grew up saying pop. But the, the particular thing about where I live is that people kind of tend to say both of a lot of these things. So I hear soda and I hear pop. And as I was growing up, people made enough fun of me for saying pop that I started saying soda pop. And that's kind of what I do now. Well, that's interesting. Oh, interesting. You could be a politician. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have been accused of being too diplomatic sometimes. <laughs> really? We're tr- strongly, Ross and I both coming from the Northeast are strongly in the soda camp. I don't think I've ever said anything. I've never said pop. I've never said soda pop. Uh, I've never said Coke, which is the Southern thing. That's what Southerners I... tend to say Coke for any soda. Right. What kind of Coke do you want? Oh, I want a Dr. Pepper. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Kathy and I both, our mother is from Georgia, from Savannah, Georgia. And we're talking about dialects here in different ways of people saying the same thing. And our mother spoke in effect what's called the coastal, coastal Southern. And she, when she came to New York, she ended up saying soda as well. But what really got us, both of us, we would go down to Savannah to visit the family. Some people would say not only like our uh, great aunt, she would say Coca-Cola or Coca-Cola. Yeah. You want Coca-Cola to be a ginger ale. Coca-Cola. Right. That's in, that's really interesting. That one I just recently learned. Yeah. she had. It was wonderful hearing her. I used to like hearing her say it because she had that deep Southern accent like Coca-Cola. I can't do it even, but... It was just wonderful. But that became that's also another term that was from the South. I'm going to throw another one out that I just discovered. It's a regional term, and it's dying out now. What do they call soda in Boston? Uh, is, it, is it tonic? Is that true? It's true, but it's apparently there was a recent survey done, and very few people in Boston now say it. It's basically confined to older people. Oh, okay. I thought that was interesting as well. What got me was speaking of like other odd, you know, ones that we don't think of as soda, is it used to be called dope in the Carolinas soda. Wow, yeah. I never heard that one. When you say used to be called that, do you mean like in the 1920s or do you mean in like the 1980s? Oh, no, 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 like quite a while back. Okay. Interesting. So I mean, so yeah. we have we have soda, we have pop, we have Coke, we have Coca Cola, we have tonic, we have dope, and then you have just the generic soft drinks. Right, soft drinks. Uh huh. Which which I just forgot about until right this second. But it is interesting though the problem with dialectical change because I moved to Toronto, and in Toronto it's pop, 
And I find myself, I guess, sort of like you, Fletcher, kind of bridging the two. And I, I don't quite know what to say a lot of times. And I'll do, I'll switch back and forth. I think I'm going to try what Fletcher does and go soda pop from now on. It'll make me happy. <laughs> it does. It also kind of just, it makes you feel a little bit hipper for some reason. I <laughs> yeah. don't know why, but I feel a little cooler when I say soda pop, when I say both of them. <laughs> You're very hip. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> I just want to add, which is something I didn't know until I started looking into this, that the word pop was um, it was invented, in effect, by Robert Southey, the, the British Poet Laureate. He wrote um, a piece in 1812 talking about, as he wrote, it was a new manufactory of a nectar between soda water and ginger beer called pop because pop goes the cork when it's drawn. See, now, I would have assumed pop just sort of arose sort of organically. Well, that's Wouldn't interesting. I didn't know that. Yeah, I had no idea. But that makes me wonder, it was tonic in, in Massachusetts, was that because people used to market this these sorts of drinks as, as elixirs? Well, that's a good question. I don't know. That's a very good question. That seems lo- like logical. I just now thought of it. I've never thought that that before. Yeah, I don't know, actually. I'm trying to think. I have no idea. Yeah. I really don't, but that seems very—I mean, because the, the gin and tonic, because tonic is quinine— I'm mm-hmm. just thinking of my nice summer beverages. I, I think maybe it was then. You know, like it was a uh, carbonated quinine or something. Well, there are certainly plenty of other words uh, along these lines. Another one basic that you brought up was tennis shoes versus sneakers. Uh, personally, I don't actually say either one. I just say shoes, <laughs> and and that ca- <laughs> there's the diplomacy again. <laughs> well, I mean that that unfortunately can refer to you know anything that you put on your feet, and so it's it's not very descriptive uh, other than than in the sense of something you put on your feet but also we're not super dressy around here in in kansas and so uh you know i'm, I'm not wearing uh dress shoes all that often that's interesting because there was a, the harvard dialect survey did a, a study of who says uh, who says what for those words and shoes did come up it was a two about two percent of all americans go to say shoes for tennis shoes i say sneaker Kathy, what do you say? Definitely sneakers. I mean, that's another thing for me moving from New York to Seattle. Um, every, most people here say tennis shoes. And I, my husband, who's from California, says, te- the other day, he says, like, wear my tennis shoes. And I, I didn't even, for a second, it, I had to stop. And I was like, oh, your sneakers are under the bed, you know? It's always interesting with these with these word usages, how they, how they geographically spread out. Like sneakers in the Harvard dialect survey, sneakers is overwhelmingly used in the Northeast and along the California coast, and, mm. and, and in Florida, which again shows both of those two places show sort of a northeastern bias or northeastern origin. And um, tennis shoes tends to be Midwestern almost completely, but there's a great deal of overlap. Neither None of us say gym shoes, do we or not? No, no way. No. No. But they say that that's trainer is something you hear more often now, hmm. um, usually for like, you know, sort of running shoes. Which, which is something I just realized I say, running shoes. But um, trainer actually came from British English initially. And then Brits say that they don't really call them trainers as often as people think. But then they also have plimsolls, which are what we would have like keds. You know, that kind oh, of sneaker right. would be a plimsoll. Huh, plimsoll. I, I, I could get behind that one. Around here, no one. I don't think anyone would look at you funny whether you said tennis shoes or sneakers. I think you could say either one, and and nobody would think anything of it one way or the other. It's interesting, Ross, that you brought up the uh, Northeast and California because if you look at the map of soda versus pop, that's that's also true. The Northeast and California tend to say soda. Is that right? Mm-hmm. That's true. 
or it seems to be true. I just want to chime in though about the the California with sneaker because what I see on the map is it's mainly Southern California, Northern California, and up is not sneaker. It's it's more um, tennis shoes, which makes sense because Randy is from more Northern California, and that's probably true for the the Pacific Northwest as well, right? Uh, you you said that already. So I mean, uh, the the Northern part of California kind of bleeds up into the Pacific Northwest. It seems like with some of these words. Exactly. That's yeah. true. And, and that pocket down in, in Florida, it's sort of a similar distribution because Southern Florida has sneaker as being more mm. commonly used. And Southern Florida, like Southern California, probably has more ex-New Yorkers than Northern California or Northern Florida. So I think it does make sense. And that goes back to the interesting aspect of dialect. I mean, it's we all speak a common language, or most of us speak a common language in the States, English, yet we do have very distinct dialects. And um, there was a study done in the uh, 1960s, and it, it produced something called the uh, Dictionary of American Regional English. And they basically seem to have identified about 24 different dialects in English, ranging from up in Maine, a sort of a New England dialect, all the way down to a small little pocket of Louisiana, New Orleans dialect. And the, these words that are used show the differences in those dialects. And then there was more recently a Harvard study, and they had this huge list of wor of words and accents, and they tried to, again, they said they could figure out times to the thing. They could figure out where you come from by asking you these various questions, like soda and pop and sneaker and tennis shoe. What gets me is also, just in reading, this is, is a bit of a tangent, is a lot of times I ran across um, things that they said were used. I, I'm, I'm going to talk to you for a second, Russ. I read somewhere that sneakers were called gutties, G-U-T-T-I-E-S, in Canada. And then I was looking at a linguistic site. Uh, it's just like a message board where people go back and forth. And every single Canadian said, I've never heard that word before in my life. Yet it's like it's listed in places as a regionalism. I thought gutty was Australian, actually. I was going to say, Ross, I, I've never heard that before ever, but... My first instinct was, wow, that sounds Australian. To yeah, me. It is also in Australia, but they say Canada and Australia. I'm I, looking at the I list. Haven't heard and it. Ireland. They have it as those three places. Huh. Oh, speaking of Canada, can I throw a word in here? I'm really curious about this. Okay, uh, I'm going to describe it because as soon as I, I don't want to say the word. You have a house. We have a house, and I'm looking at the house right now, looking out the window of my house. And there's at the end of the roof, there's this sort of open tube thing that collects the water. I can't, it's like a, uh, uh, <laughs> I, I'm not very good at describing it. And it goes all <laughs> along the roof, so it collects the water, and then the water goes, at the end, the water goes down a spout into the into the lawn. Yeah, so you mean the gutter. Okay. But I know what you're talking about, Ross, because I ran across this word. Oh, you did? A, okay, Kathy, why don't Kathy say the word? Okay. In an ease trough? Yes. Have you ever heard of I've that? I've never heard that in my life. <laughs> Have you in Canada? Uh, okay, it's it's in apparently it's in Michigan as well because I asked a Michigan friend, and he said eavesdrop. But I don't know if that he's in Canada, so I'm not sure that really counts. In Toronto, it's usually either gutter or eavesdrop. But I asked relatives of mine in Cambridge, London, and London, Ontario, which are a little it's a ways from here, and they unequivocally said eavesdrop. Eavesdrop. Mm. What do you call that thing? Eavesdrop, of course. And but you guys have never heard that, Kathy. You haven't heard it until you looked it up, apparently. Until I saw it, no. And that, what I had read was it's mainly Eavesdrop was mainly Alberta, Saskatchewan, and Ontario, and Gutter was Manitoba, Quebec, 
and Vancouver slash Victoria. But I mean, but again, I mean, I'm sure there's variations. Oh, that's interesting. Although a friend of mine from Montreal, English speaking Montreal, says Eve's trough as well. That's interesting. But I mean, here we go back with words. I mean, there are words that we, these definitely can identify where we're from. One problem, though, with dialect is that we're we're all mixed up now. Because I'm going to go to the next one, which is a group of people. Uh, You're saying to a group of people, what do you say, Fletcher? Uh, What's funny, and this actually is irritating to a lot of people, understandably, I I, I completely understand why, but it's something that I grew up saying and I still do say it, is I say you guys. Mm -hmm. Me too. And that is becoming a hot button, I must say. And I'm trying to, trying not to always say you guys, because I know it's become like a loaded term because of the whole gender issue. But I feel very uncomfortable saying y'all, which is been proposed as a, as a as a fill in for that because I'm not a southerner and with my accent going so what are y'all doing sounds bizarre <laughs> y'all y'all yeah <laughs> yeah you know what I mean? <laughs> that's interesting because I do say y'all you do well that's because of mom I say it because of my our mother who is from Savannah and what really fascinated me is my son works in Ottawa for the Canadian government and I was talking on the phone today and he goes well see y'all later and I asked him that. Well, he says y'all all the time. He says y'all all the time. And that's the problem with dialect. I mean, that's the one problem now we have with dialects. We have like a, a person from Ottawa saying y'all, which, you know, derives from his grandmother saying y'all. Does he say all y'all, though, which is my favorite? All y'all is a very, yeah, that's, yes. that's even a different thing from y'all. Yeah. But that's the thing that's going back to the problem with you guys, which I still say automatically. Yeah. I, I, it's my common address to a group. They say to use y'all or to use folks. Ooh, I, folks, I hate folks. Which is another one that if I say, I feel like an idiot. I, no, just, I yeah. feel like, well, hi there, you know, folks. Can't it's do just, folks. It's, no. I will sort of jump around between you guys, which is my most typical one. Um, uh, but I like you, Kathy. I am actually trying not to say that as much. But I'll jump between you guys, y'all, and you all. Yeah, yeah, you all I can handle. Or everyone. <laughs> yeah, That's yeah, exactly. There are some real fun ones out there, though, uh, especially, again, in the northeastern part of the country. Uh, we, use, of course, uh, people have probably heard that. Or even you, is use guys also something? Yeah, I've heard it. Theoretically. Yeah, I've heard it, actually. Long Island. And- yeah, but to me, that's kind of like, like kind of still part of the gangster film era. I don't, <laughs> I don't think most people, because everybody I knew in New York that said use was kind of doing it like, like cleverly, you know, like, like, like ironically, like, hi, ah. what are yous all doing? It was like, kind of like, you know, I, I, I don't, I don't feel like it's really that real anymore. I just, actually, I'm going to disagree with you, Kath, though, because we had, we did a, um, we do a Leonard Lopate as a call-in show in New York. And we did one on regional uh, differences in pronunciation. And I think I made the proud observation that the Brooklyn and the Bronx uh, dialects were merging, the uh, pronunciations, and we got a slew of phone calls from old Brooklynites and, and Bronxites or all telling me that I'm completely wrong. Old is the key. I Old hate to say, key. but I think yeah. it's, I mean, it, it, yeah, they're going to keep saying, yeah, no, Brooklyn, you can tell Brooklyn. I can, I can, and the old boast is like, I can tell what block you're from, blah, yeah. blah. I, I don't buy it anymore. I don't. Brooklyn in particular is now all rich kids that are like <laughs> working true. for, or not rich kids because they're paying all the rent in apartments, but I mean, all their money in apartment rent. But um, 
I don't think so. I just, I, I respectfully disagree with you, Ross. <laughs> <laughs> the one I really like, which I hadn't heard before I talked to my neighbor here in Seattle, is Yins, Y-I-N-Z. And um, that's like, that's Pittsburgh's or like that area of Pennsylvania, y'all. Wow. Yeah, that one, I mean, it, that one's so specific and I've never heard, is your, is your neighbor from Pittsburgh? Yeah, she's from that area of Pennsylvania. How funny. Yeah, yes. Isn't that? Because she was saying it. We were just chatting over the fence. This sounds like so colloquial. And she said, um, so we were talking about being kids. And she said, I still remember what I wanted to beat up a girl in school because she said yins to me. And I was like, what's yins? <laughs> like, why is this? And yins is like, it's 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 you all or you guys in Pittsburghese. Is it like a really elided version of you ones? You ones? Yeah, that's what they say. They think it actually came from the Irish. I think it's you and your kin originally. Really? Oh, I had it from you ones. Could be. Could be either one. That makes more sense, actually. You ones. Yeah. But I just saw here, I just was, as we were chatting, I looked and I saw you and your kin. But that seems like it's a, the one problem with these etymologies is that it's very difficult to really know what they are. People make up stuff as well. Right, but it's fun. Mm. It's fun to imagine. It is. It certainly is. The weirdest thing, though, with yins is now that I know it, I, I'm, I'm suddenly seeing it in articles and stuff. It's become like sort of a badge of honor, I think, oddly enough, because it's such a specific term. Yeah. And and I guarantee you guys keep looking and you'll suddenly see it a yeah. lot. Yeah. I'm looking at it right here though. Kathy is right though. It does apparently come from you ones and it, be, it just and it's just delighted into yins. Yins coming up for Christmas. What are yins doing? Yeah. Makes sense. I like it. I got to say I really kind of like it. <laughs> I like y'all better, but I can I'll go with either one. Actually, speaking of the northeast though, I want to throw one more out here. This is a completely only northeastern term, apparently. What when you go to a shopping, when you go to a um, supermarket? Okay, no, I think virtually every American says shopping cart. But the one interesting thing, I was looking at the uh, etymo etymological map, and apparently there's a small area of the northeast that says carriage. And then suddenly I remembered Kathy and I both lived in Hoboken, New Jersey, and I remembered people said carriage there. It's a tiny little, I suddenly remembered it. Then I asked my wife and she goes, yes, carriage. But it's a tiny little, little blot on the map that says carriage. Which I thought was just odd because we have a, a map that's like completely red with a tiny little blue dot in it. That thing you roll around at the grocery store or the supermarket, I guess maybe there's even another one. Um, the, the, that little thing you roll around is a carriage? Yes. I never remember that from Hoboken. It's funny. I know it's New England they call it a carriage, but I don't remember it in Hoboken. Sly remembers it distinctly, and she went on and on, and I did suddenly I remembered it as well. Interesting. And that's sort of, and again, we have, though, but that's probably going to begin to die. Hoboken in particular, it's going to, it's going to die out completely probably because... So many outsiders are moving into the into the town. But I'm curious now if there are any New Englanders listening, do you guys still say carriage or not? Or wagon, I saw they also say. Wagon? Yeah. I don't mean to sound like rude when I when I sound so stunned by some of these. I've just never heard them. I'm sorry to all of our listeners in the Northeast, but but uh, yeah, th those words have definitely not crept out here. Mm -hmm. Yeah, isn't that, in that's odd. I found the whole wagon thing on a uh, shopping cart site. <laughs> <laughs> and down south, it's buggy, which I don't remember hearing. Do you remember buggy, Ross, when we were kids? In Georgia, yeah. There, I was working on a film, and there was this uh, young woman who was, uh, she'd go, you better get some stuff in that buggy. Like that. <laughs> I remember that distinctly, actually. But I think shopping cart is the best uh, 
easy term. Yeah, I, I suspect that's taking well, especially now with the internet. And you've got your they not they never say like click on the put your items in the buggy, you know, online. So I suspect shopping cart's gonna gonna win. Speaking of that, that was really interesting. We're talking when Kathy just said, you know, we're talking about the merging of dialects. Apparently, when I was doing a little bit of research on um, dialect, apparently uh, Rocky, which is supposedly the, you know, the quintessential Philadelphia film, uh, apparently most of the accents in there are New York accents. And most of the wording and <laughs> phrasing is New York, not Philadelphia. Oh, no. And Philadelphians are angry at that because it's supposed to be authentic Philadelphian and it's not at all which I thought was interesting with dialect because we associate, I associated that as completely Philadelphia and it's not. Yeah. And Philadelphia is definitely has a very specific way of talking. Oh yeah. What got me speaking of Philadelphia and this is, this is a tiny bit off topic, but I bring it up. I had seen a photo online that was supposed to be funny and it said Parma. It's, it's a, it's a thing of cheese, a container of cheese at a pizza place. And it said Parma John J A W N. And I was like, ha ha. They didn't know how to spell Parmesan. And I didn't know this, but apparently in Philadelphia, John is a big word. Yeah, um, it's kind of like a like a kind of a generic catch-all things, term. Yeah, an anything word. It's really interesting. I had no idea about it, and people were like laughing at me because I was like, "Oh, that's funny," and they were like, "No, you're a moron." You know, this is this is really clever. And I had no Parmesan. Okay, makes sense. But yeah, if they say it started in the 1990s, there pretty much, and now it's like huge. And it comes from joint. It's actually apparently, actually apparently it came from New York, joint, in um, hip-hop and rap. And then it migrated to Philadelphia where it became a generic word as a change from joint. And like anything can be can be a John, right? Anything. Yeah. It could be a person. It could be a place. It could be a thing. It could be cheese. <laughs> I mean. But, and this is where it's interesting with dialect too, because we're talking about dialects merging into one. But apparently Philadelphia is much more segregated as a community than New York. And apparently in the African-American areas, John is, uh, this is what I'm listening to various people talking, John is much broader, you is a much broader usage than it is in the whiter sections of the community, which, you know, but I can't use it at all. So I haven't really done a scientific survey. Well, I still can't say y'all, so, you know. Well, some aspiring grad student did, and he wrote a paper on the use of John and figured out that more people use it more generally in the African-American areas than in the uh, in the non-African. Although I think with hip hop and stuff, you're seeing much more bleeding over now. I mean, think of a lot of terms that have come from African-American communities that have become like you would hear like white suburban kids using them all the oh, time. Yeah. You know what I mean? And and then from there, it goes to news anchors. I mean, yeah. <laughs> Although by then, probably it's dead in the African-American community because there's probably a new word coming up. Because that was when we were growing up as kids. We'd hear all these words that we made up and then adults would be using. By the time the adults used them, they were they were done with us. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, for, for sure. Um, you've you know, we, we talked a little bit about or at least I did about these words that that totally floored me. Um, you, you know, before we started this, you sent quite a long list of of words that people say differently around the country and a couple others that I just had no idea about. What about frappe and milkshake? Frap? Frap. Is it frap? It's not even frappe. So no, frappe yeah. is, no, it's frap. Fra frappe <laughs> is some made up. Thing, but okay that's uh, one that fascinated me ross ross went to college up in um the north in, in the northeast he was at brown university and I, I remember you mentioned it to me once but i mentioned another we word kids. kathy you don't remember cabinet cabinet 
in Rhode Island. <laughs> remember that. In Ro- well said, Cal. You remembered. In Rhode Island, a milkshake is not called a frap. Where it's it's in Harvard, it's called a frap. At Brown, it's called a cabinet. A what? A cabinet? <laughs> is that fabulous? <laughs> you never heard that, Fletcher? <laughs> never in my life. I'd like a chocolate cabinet. <laughs> go to go to Rhode Island. It's called a cabinet. Maybe not now. This is when I was there, but it was always called a cabinet in Rhode Island. Supposedly, it comes from the fact that. Uh, the blender was kept in the uh, in a cabinet, and they would pull the blender out and make you a milkshake. Woof! <laughs> but a milkshake now—it used to be a fret. New England. A milkshake doesn't have ice cream; it's just milk and flavoring that's whipped together. This you and then when you have the ice cream in it, which is what we would normally call a milkshake, it's a frap. But now fraps, because of your Starbucks and whatever, more people consider a frap a coffee drink, like you know frappuccino. Oh, uh, maybe and that's where Greece, I got the idea. It was is, frappe. It's just coffee without anything. It's just frap coffee and sugar that you shake together, which isn't very tasty. What interests me the most, though, is Fletcher. I mean, because we we grew up near New England, frap sounded okay to some degree to us but the fact that you said frappe i mean it's interesting how dialect doesn't you know it's still fairly restricted you know you didn't really hear the word i mean it's just sort of interesting to me it isn't as mm. we're not as we're not as sort of homogenized as you to use another milk analogy we're not as homogenized as i would think we do have real regional differences Speaking of which, which we what do we call that long sandwich with cold cuts lettuce tomato this one fascinates me Fletcher? What do you call it, Fletcher? Yeah, a probably probably a sub sandwich. What about you, Ross? I call it a sub. I call it a hero. A sub a sub <laughs> is typically what I would call it. A hero I've heard, but not not here. Uh not yeah, really. Here. I call it a hero. That's really interesting, Kathy. Now why I, do you call it a hero? I call it a sub. We grew up in the same place. No, I say hero. I want an Italian hero. I'd like to have a, a I'd like to have a, a ham Meatball and, hero. I'd say a sub. No, it's a meatball hero. I'll have a sub and a, and a, and a cabinet, please. Yeah, so. right. <laughs> but a hoagie is the same thing, right? Yes. But a hoagie yeah. is more uh, is more Philadelphia. Okay, because to me, a hoagie would never be a hot sandwich. To me, you know what I mean? Yeah. I could handle someone calling it a hoagie if it's cold cuts. Yeah, I think that's but, I mean, right. But like a meatball or like Italian sausage can't be a hoagie <laughs> for me. That's an, in, another interesting. Do you guys want, you know what's used to be called? I'm not sure it is anymore. I haven't been in Boston for years, but there's a term in Boston. Do you guys know that word for it? Spucky? Yeah. Spucky. A what? Yeah. <laughs> Spucky. Spucky? Yes. Supposedly mm-hmm. from Spookadella, which means long roll in not Italian, and in Boston. Italian. In Wisconsin. They're all plays on the, on the whole uh, Italian thing. I'm going to ask one last one, just quickly. This is this is sort of etymological. Do you stand online or in line? I love this, actually, question. In line. Absolutely always in line. Absolutely online. Online to me, too. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and, uh, I mean, that that is another one that seems much more Northeast to me. Yes. I don't really remember people outside the Northeast saying online. Yeah, it's much more common in the Northeast. Oddly, though, they're saying it's becoming more common with younger people now online. I don't, I don't know about that. Yeah, I don't either. Uh, th- th- speaking of which, that, that, this is one that does strike me as a young, as dialectical change, young and old. Do you say on accident or by accident? By accident. Boy, you know, I think I say both, but I think I'm more likely, if I'm just not thinking about it, to say on accident. That's interesting, because I, 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 
unequivocally say by accident, but my son, his wife, and all of their friends say on accident. Kathy, what do you say? See, it's funny. I've never said on accident. No, it ever. sounds wrong to me. I think it is. I think it is wrong, but I also think it's just. Yeah, I. I think it's kind of just what I say, and I. I think I've even known it was wrong, but I. You know, I. I don't care. <laughs> That's the right answer. <laughs> Actually, I'm looking it up now. I want to see if... Um... Well, you're looking it up. I want to ask you both something apropos of the online inline. Are you guys hearing, because I am more American saying queue, queuing up or we're in a queue. I was going to ask you exactly the same thing, whether you ever hear people say they're they're in, you know, yeah, they're queuing up or they're standing in, the, in a queue. I can't say that I really have heard a lot of people saying that, but it does start to feel a little more familiar. I wonder... If it's because we refer to things like our Netflix queue. Ah, that's Ooh, a really good thing. Wow. I was just thinking it was more Britishism sneaking into the language because I keep hearing Britishisms and Aussieisms actually mm-hmm. coming more and more into American English. But that that is a really good point. Queue your your Netflix queue. Because I'm here, so I'm starting to hear it now. I'm just hearing people say I'm on a queue or I'm in the queue or queue up here. Yeah. There's a queue here, which I'd never heard. Interesting. I think you're right. Uh, yeah, I'm looking at. They're saying actually, um, in a couple of etymological things, it's on accident is increasing. But you know, they're saying obviously it's wrong. But they're saying it's, it's increasing use. And in, um, but I mean, I just universally hear it amongst uh, people under thirty. I don't hear anyone saying by accident. I hear always on accident. Yeah, I think it's one of the things. Those things that just changed at some point, and that's generally what people. I mean, I'm not. I'm not under thirty, but that's generally what people. Are, are saying now but interesting enough going back to the queue thing here they're saying that um canada falls firmly on the we wait in lines we don't queue yet i have to say and um i keep hearing queue here all the time toronto though is probably an exception because it's such a mixture of people and there are a lot of british people here well you know there are a zillion more examples really of all of these regional differences and, and i really kind of love to hear them because you know we talk a lot about the differences between british english and american english but there really can be such huge differences between american english and american english Mm -hmm. my only fear is that as with so much it's it's a lot of them are dying out because and i i mean i think a lot of it's television and the internet it's like you you start getting a blending you know at the same time though i I do think dialects are going to stay as well to some degree i mean we do, st- I mean, like, like they were saying about Philadelphia, we do stay put. And I was looking at the uh, Dictionary of American Regional English, and they had a, I just by chance saw this word willywag. Neither, I'm sure no one knows what it means here. No. It's a New England term for an area of tangled underbrush. And I thought, well, that's a dead word. And I looked up willywag, and in it, it, ter- it tends to be northern Maine it's in use. And there are all sorts of stores and and uh, places all referring to willywags. So the word is still in existence, this dialectical word. But is that that kind of like, is it like a gift shop word in effect? You know what I mean? Like a kind of word that that isn't really used, but it's it's quaint, so it's trotted out for company. Probably so, but you're probably right. It seems to be more of a gift shoppy word, but it's still in existence. And I never heard of it until, until two days ago. So, yeah. Well, regardless of how much bleeding there may be because of how easy it is to communicate with people around the world we do still mostly live our day-to-day lives in the place we are 
And so, yeah, I think I think we will continue to have those regional dialects and those regional uh, differences in words, uh, re- regardless of how much things may bleed from one place to another because of the internet. Yeah, you're going to order a, a pop, and I'm going to order a, you know, and Kathy's going to order a, well, we're going to all order pops now, but if we go back to New York, we're going to order a soda. Or in my case, a red wine. But we're going to refer to people as yins. <laughs> <laughs> I'm bringing yins to all over the country. <laughs> This episode of You're Saying It Wrong has been produced by me, Fletcher Powell, help from Beth Golay and Luann Stevens in the studios of KMUW in Wichita, Kansas. If you have a question for Kathy and Ross, you can tweet it at us. We're at YSIWpod or email me at powell at KMUW.org. And if you like what we're doing, leave us a rating or even a review at Apple Podcasts. The book, You're Saying It Wrong, was published by 10 Speed Press, and you can find that and Kathy and Ross Petrus's most recent book, That Doesn't Mean What You Think It Means, at your local independent bookstore. Kathy and Ross have written a lot more. They've got a number of other things either coming out soon or in the works. You can check out their other work through their website, kandrpetrus.com. That's K-A-N-D-R-P-E-T-R-A-S dot com. Thanks for joining us. We'll be back in two weeks.